A Michigan study determined that 60% of college students participate in fornication. That is, sex outside of marriage. And that data isn't new. For many years, we've ranked our public colleges based on the party scene available at each. We're missing something. And we've been missing it since the sexual revolution of the 50s and the 60s. What are we missing? The patriarchy. It has long been understood that fathers are a necessary element of discipleship inside of Christ's church. Pastors are even qualified or disqualified for ministry based on the health of their household. Statistically, fathers who are engaged with their families build better and stronger households. And of course, fathers who are engaged with their families should be engaged with helping their children start new families. The important job of leaving and cleaving happens under the purview and authority of a head of household, or at least it should. You want to save yourself and your progeny from the sexual revolution? Then get dad in the picture. To build strong Christian communities for generations to come, we need to trust in God's design, and that design requires the active participation of a father. Welcome to No Man's Land. The Reform Man's Guide to Christian Dating. Yeah, I mean, her dad definitely had a part in whenever we were courting. We called it courting, don't forget, not dating. Nice. Don't throw those terms around too loosely over here. But That's more godly. That's much more, very much more godly. It's true. But, uh, <laughs> but he, I had to ask her. I had to ask him, right? So... That was a fun conversation. So picture this, right? I'm sitting, we went to New Orleans for the official Ask My Dad meeting. Wow. Okay. There was an official meeting. There was an official meeting. We went down there. And uh, as I've said before, my wife is Latin American. She's half. Okay. Latinx. La- whatever. Latin. I think right. they say Latinx. That's appropriate. I think that's the technical term. Okay. But anyway, so we go to New Orleans and I'm sitting across the table from a Venezuelan man. Like straight up, okay. So now, now I'm already. Who, who is this man? Now? That's her. That's her father. Oh, okay. Like he's he's a hundred percent. Like she's half. He he came over to go to school and he stayed. Okay. Right. Now I'm already nervous, and then he is from Venezuela, and therefore has a heavy accent. Right. Now, don't I don't guess you should say his whole name, <laughs> but what is his last name? I can't remember. It's Venezuelan. It's though. a it's Arias Arias. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and I'm talking and he's to never him. seen anyone whiter in his entire life. <laughs> like the ginger just pale shaking skin. His head saying gringo <laughs> under his breath. What has my daughter brought me? <laughs> well, and so, so, okay. So he's got a heavy accent. I'm nervous. Truth be told, I understand 30% of what he says and it's not his fault. Sure, okay. Sure. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, and you know how, whenever you, I don't know if you do this, but I do this thing where I don't know what people are saying. And so I say, yeah. You nod. That's, yeah, that's it's, pretty normal. It's the passive. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. Mm, yes. And so I, I th- at the end of the conversation, he was good. We were together. It was official. But there was, I was real nervous there for a little at while. At the end of the conversation, you found out that you were married. <laughs> We had been covenanted. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. <laughs> like, we weren't done. And it was when the conversation started. So we all went to, I think it was Cafe Du Monde. We all went to Cafe Du Monde, beignets, um, coffee, all that jazz. And then silently, all the women stood up from the table and left. 
and it was just Ooh. me and my father, my future father-in-law. And Senior I was like, Arias. here we go. This is happening. This is happening right now. Listen to me, my son. <laughs> but he was great. He was great. Like it was a good conversation. Very no nice problem. Person. Like we, we went through, we went through it very well. It's it intimidating good. though. Oh. And when you're 22, how old were you? Oh, I was, uh, I think, you know what? Yeah, I was 20. I was a fresh 20 whenever we were having that meeting. I mean, when you're a fresh 20, the one thing you want in this world is just for other adults to think you're an adult. <laughs> To respect you, but deep down you're terrified. 100%. Deep down you're terrified. You're like, oh, am I even qualified to be here? Yeah. How fortunate are you though that that you met a girl whose family understood a little bit about Christian dating? They had a clue. You know, it was That's good. Right. It was good. It went well. And uh, yeah, so we're married now. So did he set any terms Must and conditions for the time period of dating? I mean, did he mention anything about being isolated in romantic settings with her, or did he trust that he raised a shotgun? I seem to, to worry about. <laughs> I seem to remember that there was some parameters about where we could go and who had to be around. I I, I remember that loosely. Okay. And but I mean, good grief! This He's was like, what? This was like seventeen years I ago. I will not point. need a shotgun. <laughs> I am the shotgun. <laughs> Rachel, my daughter, is the shotgun. I will not shoot you. She will shoot you. You sound like... I sound... You sound Polish. Asian. Or, <laughs> you sound, sound like Karate Kid. I, I cannot do impersonations. I am Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> you got, you've got one accent. You've got one impression. It fits over all things. Ariman matey. Okay. Well, oh, I, you know, man. the worst story I've ever heard, this did not happen to me. Unfortunately, my wife's family had kind of fallen apart okay. Um, okay. a couple of years earlier. And so, and they moved across the country to, to uh, Florida. And so I honestly, I didn't, I didn't really meet her dad much at all. Yeah. And the, the relationships were strained and the family had kind of been broken apart and so mm. Um, mm. there's been repentance and reconciliation since then. I mean, this was 25 years ago, 24 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and we have a great relationship now. And, uh, you know, I love her dad. And uh, he's always been uh, super gracious to us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But before we were married, I didn't, you know, I didn't know him. And, and I, I don't think that he would have known too much about Christian dating. Yeah, I got you. But, um, but yeah, but, you know, the worst story I ever heard was, was a father, this is a friend of mine, the father insisted that at no point are they to ever be alone. Now, here, we're going to talk about this in a little bit about... At no point ever. Romantic isolation. That's a danger. Okay. You know, that's uh, making provision for the flesh, I would argue. Okay. Especially in certain circumstances. But they were never to be alone. Like, what about driving in a car from point A to point B? The son was tasked... No. To be the chaperone at all times. So on every the, date, the son, like the like the girl's the brother, the teenage son, about fourteen year old. No, son, <laughs> so that on every date, my friend could look into the rearview mirror and see her little brother's eyes <laughs> staring back at him. Is he gone? Nope, he's uh, still, still there. there. That was forever. That was until they were married. That's correct. All the way to the end. They got no relief, like engagement, no nope, relief. He's, he's there every time. I'm pretty sure that they did not trust him at all. Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously it worked. Yeah, they're a great Christian couple, Christian family. Got a lot of good, solid little kids. I respect the moxie. 
I respect but, um, the moxie. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's good stuff. But I mean, what's the typical dad? What's a typical dad's involvement in the dating process? Oh, well, the dad doesn't even know what's happening. Girl shows up to the house, father of the bride, Steve Martin styles with a boy and is like, I'm engaged, met him in Europe. Wow, yes. And the father <laughs> is expected to bow down to whatever the daughter says. And the and the sitcoms make fun of the situation. It's, oh, dad, he doesn't like it. He's, no, he's of angsty. He doesn't he's stressed like out. It. No one's listening to him, but oh, he'll get over it. He's but, losing his little daughter. And you know? the, the end of the story arc is the father comes into submission to his he, children. Yes, that's right. And he submits to the fact that his, his daughter is an independent woman and is allowed to fornicate however she sees fit. That is not... <laughs> It was not Christian dating. That's not it at all. No. That's not it at all. Look, let me remind our listeners of the point of this show. Okay, go. We are wanting to help young men transition. Ha! <laughs> that is not the point of the show. <laughs> From single to married. Oh, okay. With okay, their okay. testimonies intact. And their testicles. That's right. Guys, welcome back to another episode of No Man's Land, the Reformed Man's Guide to Christian Dating. You like how I worked those buttons? That was impressive, wasn't it? You saw that? Love it. I got the sound effect board down pat. That's your... I'm about to become a professional producer. That is your job description. <laughs> <laughs> I run the SFX. SFX. Love it. Yeah. Listen, singles considering marriage to one another should not engage in the culture's process of dating, quote unquote, mm. but should take advantage of a time of discovery. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is an alternative for Discuss. godly singles. That's right. Have a conversation. That's right. Get to know each other. Ask questions. We talked about that in our last episode. That's right. Important questions to ask. Absolutely. Today's topic. Who's the boss? Who's the boss of what? Who's the boss over the whole thing over the who's in charge of the scenario. That's right. We as the, Americans the believe ourselves. Scenario. Yes. We believe ourselves to be autonomous, mm. lawless mm. individuals, mm. never under authority, that except is, of court to, of course, to the state. That one we believe and to Dr. Fauci <laughs> and whoever else the state. I wanted to push the gay button again right yes, there, but there I resisted the urge. <laughs> but no, we are actually in the kingdom of Christ under the authority and the hierarchical structures as ordained by God in the family, the church and the state. Mm. Mm. But specifically during this time of dating and courting, the most important thing I think to remember is that the dad's the boss. Mm. The dad is the boss. The dad, which dad? The, the dad, dad of the lady. That's right. Because it's his responsibility. You look at Deuteronomy. It's his responsibility to raise his daughter in a pure sexual way. That's, that's his job. Absolutely. That's his calling. Absolutely. He is the one, if we read the law of God, who will approve or not approve of the marriage. At the beginning of the ceremony, the mm. very first thing, the wife walks down or the soon-to-be wife walks down the aisle, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the officiant says, who is it that gives this woman to be married to this man? Mm -hmm. They don't say that about the, the groom. Right. Right. Because there is an authority transfer from mm. one household to another household. Believe and cleave is about to happen. That's right. From the father to the husband. Mm. This is biblical. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 24, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, mm. marrying and giving in marriage. Why the two ways of expressing marriage? Because mm. men marry and women are given in marriage. Mm. Mm. That's right. Even Adam and Eve in their pre-fall condition were accountable to their father. Mm. So parental supervision, young men seeking 
to keep their testimonies intact, to mm. honor God and to glorify God in all of life, including their dating life, parental supervision is important. Mm. There needs to be supervision. I don't mean that they have to have eyes on at all times. We're not trying to be legalistic or make this thing impossible. Right. But the right. young man needs to be in submission mm -hmm. and he needs to be transparent and mm -hmm. he needs to be accountable, mm -hmm. expressing his intentions, his plans, his timing, mm -hmm. not only with the girl, mm -hmm. but with the girl's dad. Because he's going to be giving her in marriage. Absolutely. They have to they have to have an open communication pattern. They have to be able to talk through these things. He's got questions that he should have answered, rightfully so. Absolutely. And God has appointed him the guardian of that young lady. Amen. In the Old Testament, when a young lady was proven to be an adulteress, mm. she was executed mm. for certain types of adultery, not mm -hmm. all types of adultery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then she, her body was burned at the doorpost mm -hmm. of the father mm -hmm. because he was responsible. That's right. So a father is responsible. He may not be the one committing the sins, but like Jesus, but he's, he's responsible. responsible as head of the household. She was brought there. She was stoned at his... That's right. And if you, if you want to respect God, you have to respect his hierarchical structures that he's established in this world. That's right. That's and right. the father is responsible. So you go to the one who's responsible. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about this in other areas of life. If you are considering hiring a, a pastor for your church mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you are, are recruiting someone who is a member of another church under a different set of elders, mm -hmm. you would want to talk to their elders. You first. want to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Because that's the authority that he exists under. You would want to respect those particular authorities. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, the same that's thing. That's so alien to like most people in the country today. Most people in our society. That's right. They don't think about being under authority. And if they do, they only think about it as a negative, as some yeah. form of slavery or bondage. Their, their worldview is John Lennon's song. Imagine uh, above us only sky. Mm. No authorities. No authorities. Except, of course, the state. Mm -hmm. That one is respected. But hey, is that the only authority involved in the dating situation? Nope. Nope. A little bit more, right? Three spheres, baby. If God's the ultimate authority, we have to consider the spheres that he has placed us in mm. and the hierarchy that he has placed over us. Right. We've already talked about the family. That's right. We've got the sphere of the family. That's done. Yeah. You're two Christians though. You're in the church. Mm -hmm. You have elders. Right. You got you to gotta involve them. I know, I, you know, operate in submission to them. We don't, uh, we don't introduce ourselves all the time in the show because we want to remain anonymous. <laughs> but we're both pastors. Uh oh, we've been doxed. And you and I both know that sometimes we get asked to perform weddings. <laughs> yep, that happens. And sometimes that's the first we've ever heard <laughs> of the couple even dating. <laughs> Y'all are together? And, and people don't know this, but pastors, yeah, right? Pastors keep a, uh, we keep a scoreboard of how many marriages we've done <laughs> that are still faithful versus how many. How many are not. I know. Divorce. Every pastor does that. Every single one. Whether they want to or not, they have a running number. <laughs> I've basically sworn off doing weddings completely. <laughs> I, I hate performing weddings just to be, I'm being vulnerable here. Oh man. It's a lose, lose. Why? Why do you hate it? Because you got the mother of the bride. Okay. You have the, the wedding planner. <laughs> you have very high expectations. Mm. And don't you often become the wedding planner? I often become the wedding planner because I'm the one that, you know, is, does this often and knows where people should stand and, and how and, they should walk. Right. Down so and, it's really yeah. a lose, lose. Your job is just to not be noticed. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Don't let anything bad happen. Right. Right. No one afterward is congratulating you. I, I'm rarely even paid for my <laughs> services, but you really can screw it up. You can ruin oh, yeah. someone's yeah. special moment. That's true. That's true. It's possible. I, w- I always had a, a terrifying fear that I would say the wrong name. Oh, I know. I know. In mine, I actually go through and I write in their names everywhere. I do too. Yeah. I, Cause I know, and I'm, then I'm nervous that I forgot a spot. Oh, I know. And then you accidentally <laughs> refer to her as someone else's name from a previous marriage oh, no. that you've performed like two oh, months earlier. No. Yeah, that'd be terrible. That'd be bad. Yeah, but they're also oh. under the authority of the state. I mean, if anyone's murdered, the state will be involved. You still have to follow the laws of the land. Right. You have to follow God's laws. You have to follow your pastors and inform them. And you want a, a multitude of counselors. That's where wisdom mm-hmm. comes from. That's mm-hmm. how your plans can be built up and established. You've got to have a multitude. So, yes, the Father is the authority over the situation mm-hmm. directly. Mm-hmm. But there's other authorities that have to be considered as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, hey, hey, but what if the, the father of the, the young lady is clueless about his covenantal headship and his responsibility? What do you mean? I mean, what if he doesn't know that he has a role to play in all of this? The father? Yeah. The father of the bride? Yeah, what if he's not oh, a Christian? Oh, I see what, what you're saying. he's really not a Christian or an immature Christian? That's true. Well, so what, what would you do in that situation? Well, I would at least recognize that he's still responsible. I mean, he still is responsible. And I think use that as an opportunity to witness to him, to be a good example. But you got to put it on a silver platter for him. Transparency, mm. ask him questions, mm. make yourself available. Mm. You have to do what you need to do, even if the father is not real familiar with Christian dating. Right. Well, and if he's not a believer too, that should bring into the question of mm, you should, maybe maybe you should think again a little bit harder about this family and marrying in here. Well, definitely, you definitely, should, you should think harder. Maybe That's true. That's maybe it's true. the only option though. Maybe this is all you got. She's a believer. She's got a reputable, credible profession of faith, you know, first gen, all that stuff. That's possible. It's totally possible. Absolutely. But it should give you a little moment to say, uh, yeah, you have to consider that for sure. But if she doesn't have a father, if the father's out of the picture, or if he's not Mm -hmm. a Christian, Mm -hmm. that's another reason to emphasize that you're also in the church. Right. And you need a multitude of counselors. Involve your pastors. pastors. Involve your pastors. Absolutely. Hardcore. So just overall, since we are under authority in all that we do, especially during Christian dating, Mm -hmm. that means God's law is over everything. Amen. And God's law is very clear. Galatians 5.13, make no occasion for the flesh. Amen. Does that say make some occasion for the flesh? No. <laughs> There's no reason for you to be um, you know, arousing love before the time. As the pre-eros era. That's right. That's right. right. This is not a time for being gullible or naive. You're playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a time where the modern dating methods and the and the... And the flesh mm-hmm. are going to guarantee sexual promiscuity and romantic touching before the time. Right. And that's your sister in Christ. And you're going to turn everything on. And why? What are you going to do? You're Only not, to You're sin. not sure if Only they're even sin. compatible yet. And right. this person, it might not work out. And then they have to be in the same church and mm-hmm. perhaps marry one of your brothers in Christ. Right. It's not hard. Yeah, it's not complicated. If mm-hmm. it would be considered adultery after marriage, it is fornication before marriage. Oh, I like that. Say that again. If it can be considered adultery during marriage, <laughs> then it is fornication before marriage. <laughs> Somebody passed the plate. Can I get a witness in the studio? <laughs> Song of Songs, 2-7. We are not to arouse sexual desires before the proper time. Don't do it. It's not a thing. This is good stuff. This is one of my favorite things I do as a pastor. For the 12 people that are listening, (laughs) 
I hope, I hope that they enjoy that. And the live studio audience. <laughs> that's right. And the live studio audience. I mean, it's real oh, simple. Man. Since that's a awesome. wife is a good gift from the Lord, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that she's the one. That's right. That he actually wants you to marry her. You need God's guidance. So that means mm-hmm. you need prayer. Mm-hmm. You need Bible study. You need mm-hmm. a multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. Seduction, wooing, romance, eros is not going to help with that. Mm-hmm. Don't even so get close wait, to that. Right? Don't the purpose of Christian dating is to determine compatibility for marriage. Before you get all yourself involved. That's right. It's a pre-eros era. That's right. Don't mess it, around with this. That's right. It's, it's not, not to worth cure it. loneliness. It's not for insecurity. It's not to up your status in the in the youth group. This is not rocket science. That's right. It's Can we not just say for that? fun. It's not for sexual satisfaction or to sexually dominate another person. Mm-mm. The purpose is to consider compatibility for marriage, that's to right. seek a wife. First Corinthians seven twenty seven. So if you if we just assume two things, sex before marriage is bad, marriage is good. Yep. Then that means there's this period beforehand where we got to figure things out. No man's land. <laughs> this That's is right. why people don't make it through this. This yes. is why they fall in the on the mines and Absolutely. get Absolutely. bayoneted and all these things. It's not good. And the purity and the reputation of your sister in Christ mm. is incredibly important. Amen. Amen. That's why we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. So you want to chill with the alcohol? Mm. Mm. That's not going to help you be smart. Nope. You want to chill with the unsupervised isolation? That's not going to help you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All of the above. Now, look, we're, we're about to wrap this show up. Uh-oh. So we got to make this one last qualifier. All right, go. We're not prudes. <laughs> we don't have a courting couch. You ever seen one of those? No. <laughs> courting like couch. It. It's like a Victorian, like the prude era, okay? Mm-hmm. And there was two seats on the couch, and the seats faced the opposite way, and there was literally a wall between the two seats. They now called it the courting couch. There you go. Meanwhile, everybody's having affairs and mistresses and all kinds of stuff after they're married. But mm-mm, we have a courting couch. We take this very seriously. <laughs> Such a weird This podcast time. is our digital courting couch <laughs> where we put a wall between you with enough space for the spirit. Amen. No, we're not prudes. You have five children. Four, but you were close. Four children. You were close. One with the I Lord. I think I have four. You've got four. I have four children. Yeah. Like we're not prudes. Mm-hmm. Romantic feelings are going to come. We know how this works. I mean, that is natural. When you are developing friendship, companionship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you are opening mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. in transparent conversation, which we're going to talk about more, transparent communication, intimacy is going to be aroused. Right. Romance can come if things are going well. Right. The key is to time it well. That's mm-hmm. why Solomon mm-hmm. is very clear before the proper time. It's all about that timing. Amen. And so you want to time it to to be aroused right around the middle to the end of the engagement, if at all possible. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. It's not easy to make it across no man's land, but with dad and with your father, God, and with your pastors and counselors mm-hmm. and a daily dose of this amazing podcast. <laughs> weekly dose. You can keep your testimony dose. intact. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of No Man's Land. You can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you find this helpful, share it with your friends. Give us a review on any of your podcast pl- platforms. We appreciate you all listening, and we hope to see you in our next episode.